Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Don't have time to work out? Well, that's where our free 10-minute classes come into your life. You can go ahead and sign up over at themerrymakersisters.com forward slash five days and we'll send you five days of 10-minute classes, yoga, Pilates, all of the goodness to make you feel absolutely amazing. Emma, are you excited? Oh, yes. These are my favorite classes. Bring it on. We'll see you super soon on the mat over at themerrymakersisters.com forward slash five days. This is episode 304 on the Get Married podcast, and we are so excited to be here with you today. How are you? Good. Uh, thank you. <laughs> and how are you at home or wherever you are listening from? We hope you are well. We are excited to be bringing you an episode all about meditation. Mm. inspired by the many questions we have been receiving Mm. about this. Yeah, we've been running these one-on-one chats with lots of our Marybody members, and this is a recurring question. So it's always good to chat more on this Mm. when this pops up. When stuff pops up again and again and again, it's like, okay, we need to go deeper and put it on the podcast for everyone. Yeah, well, we've been having really fun conversations with all of our Marybody members about this and really the most I guess the the question comes about uh where the the member or the practitioner has been doing their yoga and their Pilates practice and now they're ready for more yeah and meditation has always been something they've wanted to do but they find it really hard yeah they all say something similar to this I want to be good at meditating, but I'm really bad. My mind just goes on and on and on. It's crazy. It's like as soon as I sit down to meditate, my mind doesn't shut up. It gets louder. Mm. And I mean, I can relate 100%. I still feel this is me, Mm. but I've come to realize that this doesn't mean you suck at meditating. This doesn't mean you can't meditate. This is just your mind doing what it's designed to do. And, you know, we are... In this world where we have stuff dinging and binging at us, left, right and center, there's distractions everywhere. So we're more kind of like distracted and all over the place than ever. Mm -mm. So it takes more effort to slow the mind down. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's like a really important reminder that when we decide to meditate that this experience of the mind racing and becoming louder and actually not getting quiet is completely normal Mm. and I think you know this is the conversation we have with all these members and they feel so relieved that oh I'm not I'm not the odd one out like this is actually a common experience and it's actually written about you know in the ancient texts the ancient yoga texts and the stories that we hear is you know when we sit down to meditate and we're just beginning and we're starting to welcome in this new practice of sitting and breathing and being which when you compare that to a normal day 
is completely the opposite. Mm. So now you're still, the body isn't moving and you want the mind to shut up. Like the mind is like, hang on a minute. Now we're still, I'm going to fill it with more. This is a perfect opportunity. Here, have everything that you've been missing and everything I haven't been throwing at you. And it's this idea that the mind starts to churn. And, uh, you know, you can picture it like churning milk. Like it's like get churning and churning and churning. And then all of the the dormant dust and dirt and glitter and rocks and whatever is down there is now being brought up. And so that is the idea, like that our mind is now – uh, now sees it as an opportunity to actually fill it with more. Mm. So it's actually completely normal. And do you think uh, like so then what does a more practiced meditator mm. feel? Yeah. Is it the same thing or is it different? Well, it depends on what's happening in your life. True. So okay. if you're going through something mm-hmm. and uh, you've never been through something like that before or it's like a hardship or it's grief or it's uh, lust, you know, anything yeah, yeah, yeah. that is like a high emotion yeah, true. and something that you think about a lot, then you sit down to meditate and, again, the mind is like, excellent, here, have all of these ideas of what could be and what you could have done and what you yeah. did wrong and what you did right and how it could have how it might end but how it might not yeah, end yeah, yeah. and if you do this and maybe it's that will happen it's actually like quite entertaining <laughs> like when you think about it it's so true and i think yeah look at it as i like that when you talk about high emotion because it's like yeah okay when something really bad is happening of course when you sit down and meditate you're gonna spin your mm-hmm. mind on all this stuff like doom and gloom mm-hmm. worst case scenarios then say for example you just fall in love it's like all these like amazing feelings like coming to the surface uh i know like the the time when you fall in love like is it really unbalanced time because you're completely obsessed with that person <laughs> yeah. um or is that just me no no i'm pretty sure that's everyone <laughs> And it's like you are so focused on that and it's so exciting and like enjoy it while you have it because it doesn't last forever. No. I mean, you find it like in fleeting moments or like, you know, you you create that feeling when you spend time together even after 10 years together, I'm sure. I've never been in a 10-year relationship. <laughs> How, How is that? <laughs> Mom, dad. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's very – um. I think it's a good chance to also be more connected and have more awareness of our humanness, our emotions, uh, those big feelings that can so often overtake us and to kind of take control of our lives. And this is what our job is to do, to navigate our lives with all these emotions and feelings and do it in a healthy, happy way where we feel everything, but we don't let these feelings either take us so far down or so far up where we're like in la la land. Mm. Uh, and, you know, I guess that there's that if we had like a psychologist and like a doctor here, like they would really go deeper with that, but we won't with that. <laughs> yeah. And then I guess, you know, a more seasoned practitioner of a meditator will sit and breathe in their meditation and be able to slow the mind down probably more quickly than someone just beginning because they understand that this is the process. Mm -hmm. So if we can realize that this is actually part of the process and how meditation actually feels, 
then we are more like understanding of ourselves sucking at it. Oh, this is supposed to happen when I sit down and I stop and I breathe. My mind is going to race. But if I just stay here for a few moments longer and keep breathing, what will happen is if you keep focusing on your breath and keep coming back to the breath, that the mind will eventually slow down. Because Mm -hmm. we can't think about breathing and then think about another thing at the Mm -hmm. same time. We can, but the focus is a 50-50 split. Mm -mm. And then we can keep coming back to the breath more, more, more until it's like a 70-30 and then it's Mm -hmm. an 80-20. And then it's like, wow, I'm just focusing on my breath. Yeah, wow. And then the mind is like, oh, this is – I'm supposed to not be here. Like I'm Mm. supposed to be quiet now. Yeah. And this is what I'm going to do now. Okay. Cool. Until something else happens in here. Like Like, there's a fly. (laughs) I'm itchy or what should I have for dinner? I feel feel like a sneeze is coming. Uh, Not actually but maybe. Um, Okay. So why do we even want to meditate? Like what and why is everyone so obsessed with it now? I mean like – Say compared to 20 years ago. How old were we when we were 20 years ago? How old I was I? 10. Wow, baby. Pepper. I was 13. <laughs> yeah. Like, did I even know about meditation back then? I'm not sure. Maybe. I think we probably saw it on a movie or something, yeah. movies, shows, and we're like, wow, they're crazy. Yeah, like such hippies. <laughs> yeah, and uh-huh. even when we did like body oh, balance yeah, yeah, and yeah. we would do the shavasana. shavasana at the end, I'd be like, what a waste of time. But I feel like we did do that <laughs> often, but I would stay <laughs> – a lot too but I think I would be just thinking 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 I would be like what should I okay this is what I have to do what schoolwork do I have oh yeah I've got that assignment like I'd be going through my to-do list yeah I don't know what I thought about probably like I I literally can't remember (laughs) but I remember like lying in the dark at um Arendelle Vikings club so yeah (laughs) I'm being like this is weird why are we lying down and doing nothing like is this doing anything good because I should yeah. go for a run. I'm not losing weight. <laughs> yeah, oh. Sholly isn't doing anything. Okay, yeah, why Why do we want to meditate and what does it bring to our lives? It's, it's a good question and each meditation teacher is going to have a different answer mm. and a different, I guess, depending what type of meditation you're doing as well, will have mm. a different answer as well. But I look at meditation like I think that meditation should be used as a tool to 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 ease suffering of life and not to go to some other fantasy land or yeah. into the ether or into some uh, energy bubble where you are now an energy yeah. bubble and now we're talking to energy bubbles. Like I don't understand. I, I don't like that and I don't think it is actually beneficial. I think that sometimes when that happens is then we are totally out of touch to reality. Yeah. We're totally not even on this planet yeah. and it is just revolving around us and yeah. our spiritual enlightenment and I don't agree with that. My meditation teachers that I've like done the practices with, so – I guess there was Rose Bowden and then there was like the Creature Girls from Byron and um, Gwyn Zentai, he did lots of meditation. And then there'd be Rose also from Ritual, like they're probably – and then Michelle as well from Essence. They're probably the people that I've learned from. But the thing that stood out the most was what Rose Bowden said. And she's in her 70s and Mm. she's been practicing yoga and meditation since she was in her 20s. So she's had lots of life and she – how she taught was through stories and it was entertaining and she had so much joy and zest in her. Like 
you you think, oh, okay, I'll listen to Rose because she's having a great time at 70 and she was having a great time at 50 and 40 and 30 and 20 and that is the kind of life I want to lead. And so she said that meditation is designed to help us see reality in all of its objectivity. And this one line just stood out to me and it just clicked. And I, I realized that our meditation practice is supposed to help us see reality better, not take us to some fantasy land. It's supposed to help us uh, in a situation, for example, okay, me and Emma are having like an argument and I think I'm right and Emma thinks she's right and I could either choose to see that as, no, I'm the right one and Emma's the wrong one or I could just see for the reality that it is. We each have a different perspective of what happened here. Okay. Yeah. And then I've alleviated so much stress and yeah. anger. I feel like that is has brought this lesson of the reality thing and meditation has given to me. This mm. is the best gift because mm-hmm. it's allowed me to diffuse stupid little arguments like that. Mm-hmm. And, yes, yeah, sometimes they might be over big things, but to have a grasp of reality, that the world does not revolve around myself, that there's two people here and therefore two perspectives and two experiences. Therefore, very easy for miscommunication, misunderstanding. And when we see that, that that is why we're arguing, we don't understand each other. That's the reality. And then that's an easy way to diffuse an argument. Mm. And then if you need to talk further, talk further, but diffuse it first. Get yourself out of anger land mm. or out of like that heightened emotion come back to reality which is like a bit more calm and then you can have a better conversation around this topic yeah and then we can think about it you know not just in like a partnership or relationships sort of way but like how about the relationship with yourself mm. and how you are forever judging your uh. uh your body what you look like also your success in inverted commas uh so all of these thoughts and ideas that we have about what we should be or what we could be or what we're not and how that's wrong or how that's yeah. ugly and etc cetera, etc cetera. all these thoughts that we have about ourselves Then when we use meditation to help us see reality in all of its objectivity, all of these judgments that you have about yourself. So for example, a previous judgment of myself would be, oh my God, my stomach is so fat. I'm so disgusting. Mm. This is disgusting. I know. It's like, actually, that isn't reality. The reality is that it's a stomach and that I have skin. (laughs) Like that conversation I know was consumed we were consumed by that conversation within our minds. In our heads. And it was that. My body is wrong because of X, Y, Z. Mostly because of this fat that's overhanging my pants. Mostly because you don't look like that person. Because I don't see. look like that model. Uh, I'm not perfect like her. What even is perfect? I'm gross. My nose is too big. Mm-hmm. And these thoughts filled our minds therefore they led to us taking whatever actions or inactions they impacted self-esteem confidence decisions saying yes or taking up the opportunity and this is huge this is directional changing life changing so if you stay on that path obviously your life is greatly impacted by that conversation inside your mind however If you take up a practice like meditation, get more in touch with reality, 
become less self-absorbed and self-obsessed because I feel like this is what uh, meditation does. You get less self-absorbed. And I mean, there's two ways to be self-absorbed. I'm so gross. I'm so ugly. Oh, I'm disgusting. I, 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 I. It's all about me, but really negative. And yeah, that's really sad. That's the world has done that to us. Poor us. But also it's still self-absorbed. Then there's the other side where it's like, oh my, I'm amazing. Look at me. I'm going to get this for myself and I'm going to make sure I succeed here. Me, 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 like better my life and forget about everything and everyone else. So two levels of self-absorbed. What meditation does is it gets us less Mm self-absorbed, makes us see a bigger, broader picture of the world. It makes us care more about everything that's truly important and makes us care less about what is not important. Maybe like, uh, I don't know, the brand handbag. And I mean, yeah, get the brand handbag. I don't care. But like, if you don't really care about it, really, in reality, do you care about it? Like connect to reality. And it's okay that you care about it. You can get the handbag. <laughs> yeah, if that's like a high value of yours. Yeah. But check in with why. Yeah. Like why are you getting it? Is it actually for yourself like um, to to make, I don't know, is it going to bring you joy or is it just going to bring you joy for a moment? And then you'll look at that bag and be like, why did I buy that? Yeah, I think it depends. And, you know, like if you're in a position where like, yeah, you can buy that $5,000 handbag, $10,000 handbag and feel great about it, do it mm. if it makes you feel good. Whereas me, even if I wanted to, I couldn't. I just couldn't. I couldn't. I'd rather spend $5,000 on a car for someone who can't afford a car, who wants a little, like, runaround car. I felt I feel like that would be a great present one day to give to someone. That would be nice. Like, so nice. Someone who can't afford a car, who can't travel, buy them a car. Yeah. For $5,000. And you can buy that or a handbag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, You're like, this, I just can't add this value up. I just don't understand. But again, this is personal experience. And you would find things that I spend my money on and be like, what the heck, Emma? Like, you spent that much on a conference to go learn about this? Yes, I did. Yes, we do. Uh, yeah, so I feel like when you think about meditation like that as a tool to help you with life in this way, it's like, of course I want to be a meditator. Like, of course. And then we can even go to, like, the physical benefits of meditation as well. So it's not just, you know, not just this uh, benefit of getting through life better and less judgment and more caring and more loving and more uh, energy and whatever it might be, more enthusiasm for life itself. There's also like the physical benefits that happen. Mm. So because we're so we're living in this world that is so high stress and it might not be that you even know it. Like it's literally the the vibration of your mobile phone going off every moment. Mm. Uh, it's the ding, it's the inbox, it's the traffic, it's – uh, the forever cleaning of your house. It's the cooking meals for everyone. It's the cleaning. It's it's everything that is going on in your life. There's so much to do and you are living in a high stress environment. And even if you're not doing the thing, but you're just thinking about the thing, your body doesn't know the difference. Your brain doesn't know the difference, whether it's happening in real life or whether it's happening in your head Mm. and it will fire the same stress response it'll fire your cortisol and your adrenaline which yes is very important when you need it but not so important when you're sitting and writing 
a reply to an email that's just made you so stressed and so mad. Or like when uh, you come to that time where you're actually trying to relax Mm. and you literally cannot relax. Yeah, exactly. So what meditation does is simply by sitting and breathing in and out through your nose, this tells the body that it is safe. So, oh, body, you're breathing very calmly. You're safe. Okay, now let's switch on the parasympathetic nervous system. Now let's heal the body. Now I'm going to rest, digest, rejuvenate the cells. Oh, now I can, like this organ can do its job because it's not trying to fight off some other stress that's happening external to you. So this is, um, I mean, so many people talk about this and they talk about it in like kind of a a woo-woo point of view, don't they? It's like your body will miraculously heal when you do this. Mm. But it's just science. Yeah. It's like this is what happens when you give your body the chance to rest, be in that homeostasis, Mm -hmm. what it's meant to be in Mm -hmm. most of the time, your organs can function how they're meant to function. So if you consistently always have indigestion, look at how you're eating. Look at what you're doing. Are you eating on the run? Are you eating stressed out? Are you at your desk, like, writing emails in an angry way while stuffing your face with that salad or that sandwich? That's why you have indigestion because your body can't digest. Mm -hmm. It's so focused on the stress. It's in that that sympathetic nervous system where it's like, like high frequency. You're not even able to digest. So that's why you feel sick. And then that leads to whatever other health issues that come from that. So, wow, like this is huge, really. Yeah. So (laughs) if there's like one reason why you meditate, let it be that one, the fact that actually there's physical benefits, uh, you know, and, you know, we've spoken to so many naturopaths uh, and doctors who talk about, you know, this hormone imbalance Mm. where it is very much – there's like an excess of cortisol mm. and how that affects the physical body in ways that, you know, a diet or exercise can't even fix. So it's also knowing that you need to make space for this. Like if you're only focusing on hit workouts and running and nice. thrashing your body, remember that that form of exercise is actually switching on your sympathetic nervous system. So even though it is, in inverted commas, good for you and is building strength and whatever else is doing, like bone density and great things, it's doing great things, exercise is amazing. But also remember that it is switching on sympathetic nervous system. So how can we make sure that we are also giving adequate time to the parasympathetic nervous system and the rest which is just as important as mm. the hardcore sweaty exercise. Yeah. I mean, this is why I love yoga because yeah. it is both. both combined together in one beautiful practice. Yeah. You're breathing in and out through your nose. Uh, your body is, oh, yeah, I'm safe, I'm safe. Okay, but we're still putting the body in like under pressure mm. and it's still holding ourselves up and we're still stretching uh, and we're still building our flexibility and we're helping our bone density and our mobility and our agility. Like all of these different things are, are going to get better from a yoga practice, but we're not going into the para- the sympathetic, we're going into parasympathetic, which 
it's pretty amazing. So pretty much you can walk into, and this is uh, in the book, One Simple Thing by Eddie Stern. They talk about how they did scientific reports on how yoga heals ailments, ailments for all. So you can walk in and you have high blood pressure. I can walk in and I have uh, something. Hormone imbalance. Hormone imbalance. There we go. Uh, And someone else walks in and they have inflammation in some part of their body, like in their back. And we can do the same yoga practice, the exact same. We can be breathing in and out through our nose and doing the movements, exactly the same as what the teacher is saying. And each one of us can be like getting a healing I don't want to say it like we're miraculously healed, but the body. What about we say healing benefits? Healing yeah. benefits. So the because the body is going to parasympathetic and it knows, okay, rest, digest, restore. Oh, there's a thing. Let me go fix it. Wow. Isn't this crazy? Like I'm just sold again on yoga. <laughs> like what the hell? I don't do enough yoga. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Maybe we should bring back our uh, daily 50, yoga, our fifty-day yoga challenge that we did two years ago, and it really is an amazing practice. And yeah. you will feel the benefits. You oh. you don't just you. It's not just something happening within you that you don't even feel. You feel them. It is an absolutely amazing practice: mind, body, soul, emotional health as well. Mm-hmm. All of it. It's truly amazing and, I mean, this is why we do practice it. This is why we made Marybody because we were – our lives changed from yoga and Pilates too. But it is something I see often as well in Pilates world where people are so there for the the pump, they're there for the sweat, they're there for the destroy, like like a wrecking of a workout Mm -hmm. and this is mostly in the you know when we teach in real life because that's like a fitness pilates based uh workout and so is merry body too but we do a lot of slower workouts as well more strength based and remember our classes are a safe time they're much shorter so this is the this is a i feel like this is the big thing like you know we're not thrashing and going for a full hour it's like okay 20 minutes 10 minutes is pretty hard and then we're going to slow it down for the last 10 and then maybe stack with a yoga class Yeah, because that feels really good. Yeah, and that's a, a great workout and it gives you a balanced workout for both your mind and your body and it leaves you in that state of rest and recovery. I mean, it's very frustrating when I see people leaving before the relaxation in class. And you know, if this is you, I'm not trying to guilt you, but I want I want you to understand just how beneficial this time is because I was once like you. I once thought that was a waste of time too. And now I'm not like that. Mm. I realize that we need that. Our bodies need that. Our minds need that to be healthy and balanced. Mm-hmm. And it just makes so much sense now. It's like, of course, something's going to something's gonna give when we're go, 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 go. Something is going to happen. Something is going to snap. Something is going to break. And I've experienced that. And I don't want you to. Yeah. We don't. So no. make sure you, you meditate and you rest and you restore your body. I want to quickly touch on because one of the questions, again, that we get on our one-on-one chats is – Like, how can I make it easier? Like, how can I make my meditation easier? And I think it's a great question and you can actually make it easier. So 
A few things that we like to recommend is, so I think at the moment on the Merry Body app, we have about over 60 guided meditations. So that's a lot of meditations, right? So what I want you to do is, there's actually 78, okay, 78. Uh, what What I want you to do is have a one week where you move through a few of the meditations, one a day, and then out of those seven, have a think about which one allowed you to drop in the quickest, uh, which one left you feeling the most relaxed, the most more balanced, the most, ah, that feeling of just like, I feel so good right now. And then I want you to repeat that meditation for like 30 days, the Mm. same one, pressing play on the same one. Because what is happening is your body and your mind will now link the song that is behind the meditation, the way that I speak in the guided meditation, the words that I'm saying, the body remembers and it goes, oh yeah, this is my anchor. This is my moment to rest. And you don't have to go through all of the turmoil and the churn that you've been going through at the beginning for so long Mm. because the body and the mind is like, oh yeah, I'm in. Like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Okay, let's do this. Let's do this eight-minute meditation. Let's do it. Yeah. And so it's like your anchor. Yeah, I it's really like, like your that. new anchor to to drop in. And so that is something that we definitely recommend, like a repetition of the same meditation again mm. and again. And this can also work for a breathing technique. Mm. So depending what you how you like to meditate, I like to do like uh, Nadi Shodhana, like alternate nostril breathing, and I'll do that for ten minutes. Mm. And I just like to do that and work through that. And then I might sit and do four-part breath. So breathing in for four, holding for four, breathing out for four, holding the exhale out for four. Mm. And I'll do that for a certain amount of breaths, maybe eight. And I like doing that because I think the breathing, like focusing on the technique side of things allows me to really quiet down the mind. I really can't think of anything else when I'm counting my breath. Yeah, that's so true. You're so focused on that. Three, four, okay. And I think as well, especially the um, alternate nostril breathing, it also kind of helps you clear your sinus a little bit Oh, too. yeah. So I think that can be a real struggle when you're meditating. And my sinuses are actually a little bit blocked today. I think I'm catching a cold. <laughs> uh, lucky you're not here. Uh, sorry, Carla. Um, but, yeah, I think what so often can distract us and, like, make our meditation so hard is when you have sinus issues, like Mm -hmm. when you physically can't breathe through your nose. So this alternate nostril breathing, it really helps to, I don't know, open your Mm. airways and you feel like you can breathe more, you get more oxygen in. Uh I love Nadi Nadi Shodhana. Nadi (laughs) Shodhana. Did you just snort? <laughs> I can't say that word. Yeah, in a practice. Eh? Nadi Shodhana, alternate nostril Nadi breathing. Shodhana. There we go, Nadi Shodhana. And we just did a reel on that actually on our Instagram Ooh, showing yeah. you the technique. So yeah. go and check that out at the Merrymaker Sisters if you do not know how to do it. Uh, but the the thing is with that as well, when you have a blocked nose and sometimes you give up just before your nose is about to clear mm. and you just have to push through for a little through for a little bit longer to clear the sinuses because yeah I understand I've had nose issues I always have a blocked nose it is so annoying uh when you just want to meditate and you just want to be able to have a full breath in yeah. and your nose is whistling 
um, or it's yeah. blocked. And you're like, man, like this is super annoying. So another thing is like blow your nose before your yeah. practice. I know it's weird, but do it yeah. and it'll be a lot easier. Another thing you can like massage your sinuses. Like, oh, yeah, I always do um, that. Like where your cheeks are, so the sides of the nose and then the tops of the cheekbones and out. Uh, this will clear the sinuses as well, which is really nice thing to do uh, because you do really want to make sure you're breathing in and out through your nose. Uh, of course, if it's completely impossible, any breathing is great. Just breathe. Just breathe. But um, the nasal I, breath is very a very important yeah. part of meditation. Well, and as, as well because of the parasympathetic yeah. nervous system. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a question. I think it's a very important question for all budding meditators or slash people who struggle with meditating. How do we sit? Mm. Can we lie down? It's a good question. <laughs> it's a common question. Uh, so if – I guess, I guess the, I will tell you why the yogi practitioners would tell you to sit. Mm-hmm. And that is because Nadi, the Nadi, uh, Shashumna Nadi, I should say, which is their, the main energy line up and down the spine. So basically, this is the energy line that uh, has the most energy lines. It's like a super strong, uh, line of energy within your body and, and let's just like put yeah. it into scientific like hey it's the spine. central nervous system. central nervous system you know the stuff around the spine is it in the spine or around the spine the spinal cord fluid yeah that yeah stuff. so <laughs> of course this is like high electrical field you know like, like energy yeah. is going from the brainstem down wow. to the body and it's oh telling God. the body what to do what the? yeah it's <laughs> so, so amazing cool. <laughs> so it's not just the the energy line that we cannot uh, see, it's actually in all of its physical and anatomical sense, it is, a, it is a high energy line of the body. So stacking it from top to bottom and uh, is a really important thing because also crown of the head is your connection to the universe. So it's the connection to that that higher, divine, whatever you believe in, higher power, which we all have. We all have like a higher wisdom. Mm-hmm. We all have something where we're like, oh, that was like this thing. Like your intuition, yeah. your your spiritual Whether beliefs. it's yeah, your God or whatever it might be. Yeah. So that's kind of the idea of why we sit because it, it makes this line of energy from – universe to you to the earth wow you know it's one line and so now we're connected and you will feel different when you sit compared to when you lie lying down is your shavasana which uh shavasana is the best thing ever and relaxation exactly so it is a different practice you may fall asleep I always think it's a great thing when you fall asleep. I don't know if you're supposed to ever. But Shavasana is different in that the way that that is designed is it's for after a practice. Like it's after a physical practice or uh, a long day or something like that. And you want the body to go into deep relaxation, rest. And it's also an opportunity to just kind of let everything settle. It is an amazing practice as well. I don't think you can go wrong if you have to lie down and do just about Shavasana, yeah. then just do that. If Because if you find sitting just too uncomfortable, then lie down. Yeah. Something is better than nothing Yes, in exactly. this case. And then you can build up to sitting. You can sit on a chair if that feels better. If you can't cross your legs, if you've got bad knees, sit on a chair, make sure your feet are flat, make sure you've got a 90-degree bend in your knees and it's not like – constricting the blood flow from your hips down to your Mm -hmm. legs 
there's there's definitely things you can do. Whereas if you feel comfortable and you can, the way to sit in meditation, and I also did this on Instagram Reels as well, how to find your meditation seat, is an easy cross-legged, but it's not like how you would sit at used to sit at school. It's not like where you sit and you're cross-legged, you're cross-legged and you're trying to sit really tall. It's actually you bring one heel toward the groin, so you want to like nuzzle that heel into your groin, and then you bring the other heel directly in front of that heel. And the idea is that your knees fall down toward the earth. And the easiest way to make this possible is to sit on a couple of cushions. A hard cushion is good. A bolster is best or a yoga block uh, as this is going to elevate the hips. It's going to allow your spine to be neutral and your knees to fall down below the hips, which allows for a nice even Mm. blood flow. The reason why we do that is because we don't want to get pins and needles in our legs, which makes us not want to sit in meditation anymore. Well, I, I know before I would sit on the elevated thingy, Without the elevator thingy, I can't sit. With the bolster, with the block, with the whatever I'm sitting Blanket. on, I can sit extremely comfortably, mm-hmm. happily for 10 minutes. And you just have <laughs> to keep practicing the sit because when I first did my yoga teacher training, I couldn't do it. Like mm. I just couldn't get my heel in the right spot and it just mm. felt so weird. I was mm. like, this doesn't feel right. And then eventually as I practiced, my hips opened and yes. uh, my knees could fall down to the ground. And the more you practice yoga and the more you stretch your hips, the whole idea of a yoga asana, which is a yoga physical practice, the postures, is to make your meditation seat more comfortable so you can sit for longer. Yeah. So it's not designed for goal. anything else. Isn't that funny? So we all, like, I guess Western culture has changed yoga to be more about the asana. Yeah. To be about, ooh, look at that position. She can do a headstand. It's literally one limb of yoga. And then there's so much more. And Mm -hmm. we've talked about this on many episodes before, so go back and have a look. Yeah, look at the yoga philosophy series. Yeah. Did we do that? Yeah, we did a few. We should do some more. Uh, But, yeah, so – and you notice it. I mean, it's the hips. I think it's the hips. If you sit a lot, if you walk, if you run, oh, my, if you run, try sit and meditate, you will struggle. Uh, But once we practice the asana, do the yoga postures, the hip opening, uh, delicious Mm -hmm. hips, I love that class, happy hips, another class, lots of hip classes and the lower back twisting Mm -hmm. um, or the thoracic twisting. Quick hip stretch. Oh, so good. I love that class. That's on YouTube, isn't it? Yeah. Or there's a hip stretch. There's a hip stretch. There is a hip stretch, a free one on YouTube. So if you do want to try it, give it a try and then sit after that. Yes. Literally do the hip stretches and then sit and meditate and see the difference. Notice the difference. You'll feel so much happier in more comfort, less distraction being like, oh, my hip hurts. But yeah, that really makes a difference, that positioning and doing some hip stretches yeah and then completing the 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 seat of the yoga meditation (laughs) completing the seat of your meditation you also want to just make sure that your shoulders are away from your ears that there's like this broadening of your heart space almost like a smiling of your collarbones and that you're lifting your crown of the head toward the heavens there's a slight tucking of the chin so the back of the neck can lengthen and then you just want to check in that you're not arching your spine by flaring your rib cage. You want to drop the rib cage down toward the hips and this creates a beautiful neutral spine. And sitting on an elevated uh, 
like your bolster or your or your pillow will help this as well. And then option two is that you can like straddle a bolster mm. or some cushions. So you put it like through the legs and you're kneeling. So kneeling in what we would call virasana, hero pose, and you're kneeling over the bolster. This again allows a really nice pelvic tilt uh, to allow a neutral spine. So both mm. options are nice. I've done both. Yeah. I always resort to easy cross-legged. I think for my knees it feels better. Yeah. Like sometimes I'll do the the other one with the knees bent, but sometimes I'm like, ooh, my knees feel a bit funny. Yeah, as long as you have enough elevation, your knees yeah, will have okay. less pressure. Oh, yeah. So two yoga blocks. Make sure, yeah, make sure you do have that when you're kneeling because otherwise, yeah, you just can't – you cannot kneel for like 15 minutes. And not oh want my. to move. Maybe when you were a kid, I felt like yeah. when you were a kid, you could do you could that. do anything when you were a kid. Yeah. What the heck? Actually, I remember being like sitting in cross-legged class and like having to move. Yeah, and, actually. Like, fidgeting. And I like, remember <laughs> other kids could do that. They would like be so flexible. I just, I don't think I was ever that flexible. And I remember when we were in assembly and so the young grades would have to sit on the floor. Oh, yeah. And I would just remember looking at like the year fives and sixes being so jealous that they were sitting on the uh, chairs. the chairs and the, the oh, what yeah, were they, the benches. benches. And I couldn't wait to get to year five, six because my legs really hurt yeah. sitting cross-legged as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> what is that fidgeting? <laughs> That's so funny. All oh, right. So uh, I hope that this has inspired you to either continue your meditation practice or perhaps begin a meditation practice on this podcast we have a guided meditation called embody let's link to that in the show notes so you can go and try one of our guided meditations that one is so beautiful as it really it's all about focusing on your body and once again this is another technique to really quiet down the mind i love that must be one of my favorite Mm. meditations and I think what it does, it helps you get present Mm -hmm. with your body, with your breath, because you are guiding us to focus on the different body parts. Yeah, your mind just can't do anything else. Yeah. So just listen to Carla, <laughs> think about your body and breathe. So yeah, if you've never tried meditation, go and hit play on that episode because that could be your little gateway to begin. Yeah. Otherwise, we would love to hear from you. How do you go with your meditation? Do you struggle? Do you have more questions? We can absolutely do another episode on this because it is something I can't stop talking about. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.